Thank you for joining us for a Kingdom Thoughts conversation with one of our founders on Insight Now. You can watch live streams on Facebook and YouTube. We hope that you enjoy the conversation. Hey, good evening. It's uh, good to be with you. Uh, as you can see, I'm just by myself tonight. Daniel's got some other things that are taking his um, time. Um, but um, good to be on Insight Now um, with Kingdom Thoughts. And uh, just uh, uh, here in Australia, I'm enjoying the summer. And I'm sure uh, you others are uh, experiencing the cooler weather. And particularly in the US, I've seen some reports of some heavy snowfalls and so forth in different places. So we'll see. What. We certainly are in interesting times. We keep saying that each time that we've been uh, on Insight Now live stream, where, wherever you are in the world, it certainly is interesting times. And uh, in, in this year, um, 2021, um, I've felt for quite some time that it's a positioning year. It's a, it's a place in which um, we are being positioned or being uh, moved uh, in order to be able to advance the kingdom. Uh, it's something that we talk about. Uh, I particularly talk about a lot. It's about the kingdom. Uh, it's what Jesus talked about um, time and time again. Um, he gave us a prayer. You know, the Lord's what's called the Lord's Prayer really isn't the Lord's Prayer, but it's a prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. And um, just just a reminder um, of that that when we when we see um, something that Jesus taught us, he taught us to pray. Have to re be have to be reminded or to remember that he didn't give it to us so that we could just recite it. He had previously said um, that. Um, we want to use vain repetitions in prayer. He, he, when he taught us something to do it, he, he wasn't setting us up for failure. He was setting us up for success. When he taught us to do something, he wasn't saying do this, but it will never happen. Um, he couldn't do that. So that when he taught us to do something, he, 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 he anticipated that we would expect that it would come to pass. So that when Jesus said the kingdom, pray that the kingdom would come, then he believes that the, he, he knows the kingdom's going to come. And we can be assured that the kingdom is going to come. That when he said in there that the will of God is that what happens on heaven would happen on earth. And so that our role is to heavenize earth. And so when you when you keep coming back to time and time again, you come back to those the, the basic things that Jesus taught us. One of the things that I've said lots of times on here, I, I'll just keep saying it, um, partly to remind you, but also to remind me, is that the kingdom is multidimensional. That's why you'll often hear some teaching on something that you heard sometime before. And you have an opportunity whether you'll embrace this teaching that you've already heard and see what things that you can find or you'll just dismiss it because you've heard it before. So that's why you hear us saying the same sorts of things time and time again, 
because every every time that we're saying it, we are bringing to you a different dimension of it, even though it sounds the same, or an opportunity for you to go in to uh, receive a, a different dimension of um, you know what God is talking about. So the kingdom is multidimensional. The, the kingdom is uh, th that's why we we come into new understanding of things, and there's a different different dimension of it. Let's talk about hope. It's 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 a uh, it's a favourite subject of mine, um, nearly as favourite as joy. Um, but you know, hope and joy are really closely aligned in in any case. But let's talk about um, hope, and basically because there's been such a huge attack on on hope. So we we know that when Paul was writing about uh, love in one Corinthians thirteen, at the at the conclusion of that chapter near the end, he he said that there was the big three. There was faith, hope, and love. And he said the greatest of these is love. So we we know that God is love. He, he just doesn't do love. He is love. We know that perfect love does a lot of things. And that expression of, of his love and his love for us um, is, is amazing. And that we know that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we know that um, these are important things. So hope um, is in, in the middle of those three. Um, I actually think it's quite a significant one to, to really get understanding a revelation of hope because hope uh, is an essential part of faith. So faith, according to Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. So hope is the is the genesis of faith, really, or the it, it's it's the activator of of faith because of faith is the substance of the things hoped for. So you know, hope is a really vital part. If you don't have hope, if you don't have an expression of hope, if you don't have any hope, if you feel like hope has been removed from you, and there's a lot of people who are talking about you know, hopelessness and not having any hope. Um, I, I hear people talk about false hope. Um, I, I, you can't, I don't think you can have false hope. Um, but so let's define what hope is. So hope is not wishful thinking. It's not just picking something out. Hope is really an earnest expectation for good. It's, it's, a, it's a very powerful word or concept. It's an expectation for good. Now, um, I happen to think that hope is a positive imagination. So let me unpack that for you. Let's go to Roman, Romans 8. Romans 8 um, and um, verse 24, 25. And um, let me read it to you first in the in the um, Passion Translation. For this is the hope of our salvation. But hope means that we must trust and wait for what is still unseen. 
for why would we need to hope for something we already have? So because our hope is set on what is yet to be seen, we patiently keep on waiting for its fulfillment. So hope is unseen. Let me just give you from another translation, uh, hope and what, and what New King James actually says uh, about hope. So we go to Romans uh, chapter 8. Let me just let me just find it. Romans eight twenty four says this: For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. So. Uh, so hope is unseen. So if hope is unseen, how do you know you have it? So hope, I believe, is a positive imagination. It's it's manifest in, in we see something before we see it. Now, really, I think every every single thing that's on this planet, including my iPhone here, um started life in the imagination of, of, of a person or people. They saw it before it became something. So they had the idea of an iPhone or the idea of a product. And then they went through planning stages and trials and all sorts of things. And finally, it becomes manifest. So that the iPhone um, that they saw becomes something that is now being able to be seen. Einstein said that imagination is more important than knowledge. So this is this genius of a man who's saying that knowledge is good and knowledge is important, but an imagination is even more important than the knowledge because really the knowledge is is describing what has already been or what has already happened or what is already available for people but imagination is dreaming and is seeing things before you actually see it so therefore we can understand why the definition of faith says that faith is the substance the substantial thing of something that is hopeful. Now, hope is not wishful thinking. It's it's not saying, oh, I wish it doesn't rain tomorrow, or oh, I wish there is this available when I go to the store, or you know, I I, I wish this happened or that. It's not wishful thinking. It's it's certainty. But it's a certainty before it becomes something. It's seeing something, and that's why. Um, you know, the prophetic is, is such an, a vital part that God has given us, the prophetic gifts, prophet callings of prophets. Um, it is so absolutely amazing because you can see in a realm that doesn't exist and see it before it, it, it exists. Now, when Jesus was talking about the kingdom, which is his really favorite subject, um, one particular day, the, 
the disciples were arguing about who would be the greatest. And, and so, you know, Jesus in his great style showed them a lesson or taught them something. And so he brings a little child along and he sits a child on his knees and he starts to talk about the kingdom. And he, st he starts talking about the fact that in order to enter the kingdom, in order to enjoy the kingdom, you have to become like a child. Um, and he said, look, you, you need to become childlike. Now, I think that there's a lot of people today in religious arenas and in churches and so forth that, that know how to be childish, but they don't know how to become childlike. So when you think about a child and think about children, I think there, there are several things that you could, you could talk about childlikeness, but I think two of the things that I remember and see and, and, and just stand out to me, one is joy. Like when children are playing, there's a lot of laughter usually. Um, I mean, if they, if they go quiet or um, there's crying, you know something's wrong. But usually when children are playing happily and playing well, there's a lot of laughter, there's a lot of joy. There's, there's just a lot of that. And I think that's, that's a child-like characteristic, living a life of joy, living a life without, you know, not being so serious. I mean... Joy is a fruit of the spirit. Seriousness is not. <coughs> so the other characteristic I think that um, is very childlike is imagination. If you see some ch children playing or talk with children about what they are what they're playing or doing, they will imagine all sorts of things. They will turn a cardboard box into a spaceship or it's a fire engine or it's a it's a you know boat or it's it, it's something and they can see it and they can describe it to you what it looks like they can tell you about what they've been playing they've been playing at you know cowboys and indians or army you know fighting or hunting or <coughs> excuse me dolls um, girls with 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 dolls or just tea parties and all sorts of things um, and they are describing when you look at it I, I've, I've had children show me paintings or drawings and they're described with great detail what they've drawn and I look at it and I, I'm I find it really difficult I found it very difficult to get what they were I just had to like oh wow that's what you see wow that looks good um, I've seen them with Lego and putting Legos together and, and how this is a huge, wonderful spaceship and how it's done all these sorts of things. Um, and so imagination is is a childlike characteristic. And what tends to happen is that we, we as we grow up, we, we are told that we need to get out of a fantasy mindset or thinking and our imaginations and that we are to join the real world and uh, join reality. Um, the interesting thing about the imagination is that everybody uses their imagination on a regular basis, particularly in a negative way. So worry 
is your imagination used in the negative. It's imagining that something is going to happen. Like people who are scared of flying, you know, when before they get on that plane, if you can do that today, um, they they imagine what could possibly go wrong. Um, and there are a lot of people who are stuck in fear and in worry because all they know to do with their imagination is the negative. Maybe that's your experience today. Whereas hope is that same imagination, but imagining things that are yet to be. See, you know, in Romans 4, it, it's, it talks about that God speaks of things that aren't as if they are. So that when God speaks about you or me, he's not just speaking about us as we as we are. He's talking about what we can step into. A lot of people will talk to you, talk to me, or talk to you about conviction of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I said something, and a little some time later, the Holy Spirit convicted me that I said the wrong thing. Um, and, and I'm sure, I'm sure that could happen. Um, it has happened to me. But when we realize that that's not the role of the Holy Spirit for the child of God, it's very clear to me that the role of the Holy Spirit is to convict the world of sin. Not the children of God. And I think the conviction of the Holy Spirit for the children of God is about Hey, there's more for you to step into. Come on, step more into it. This is how I see you. This is who you are. Because God speaks of those things that aren't as if they are. So that when he's talking about you or he's talking about me, he's talking about not what we were, nor necessarily what we're doing, but what we could be stepping into. Oh, look at my son. Look at my daughter. This is who they are. This is who they could be step could be stepping into. See, hope, right? Hope is an earnest expectation within your imagination that can see things before you can see it. I like that um, in Romans eight, when it talks about the unseen. And it then talks about, <coughs> excuse me, for if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. <coughs> oh, sorry about that. So we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. It's a wonderful word, perseverance, isn't it? Um, you know, it's it's... Sometimes it's like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Um, but it's it's really interesting when we consider, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Now, the rest of the verse, it's important. And when you're reading a verse, to, you know, to read the context, the verses around about it, because this is what it says about perseverance. Now, this is another concept that's really important to get hold of. 
because a lot of people think that perseverance is just getting all your strength together and getting all of your might together and pushing on and just keep on, keep on going. Um, that sounds like self-effort. That sounds like your own effort. Now, if you can persevere in, in life on your own effort, then you probably could save yourself, which we know is not the case. So perseverance must be a partnership. It must be something where you are gaining a strength and an ability to be able to exceed your own weakness. Verse 26 says this, Romans 8, Likewise the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession with us with groanings which cannot be uttered. <clears throat> Passion Translation says this, And in a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty, to empower us in our weakness. For examples, at times we don't even know how to pray or know the best thing to ask for, but the Holy Spirit rises up within us to super intercede on our behalf, pleading to God with emotional sighs too deep for words. Now, the trigger of that is hope, because hope is 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 the major part of faith and so that as we persevere in hope the holy spirit enables us to be able to keep on keeping on the holy spirit enables us to be able to persevere Holy Spirit is wanting to enable us to be able to achieve things that we couldn't on our own. So when we think about hope, and you know, it's, it's why we talk a lot about hope. I talk a lot about hope because it's such a vital part. Okay, let's go back to this definition, faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. We know in Hebrews 11 that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So a great strategy of the enemy is that if he can take us out in hope, if he can cause us to become hopeless or feel hopeless or feel that everything around about us is, is so hopeless, if he can do that, then what he does is he robs us of the ability to bring pleasure to God. The greatest pleasure that you and I can give God is to believe what he says, is to activate, is to step in to what he has said. The greatest pleasure that we can bring our Father in heaven is to embrace his tr the truth that he has to embrace the things listen a lot of people really don't know how to operate in their imagination in a positive way they know how to worry they know how to worry very well 
and many people um, don't even see that as their operation of their imagination. They just they just see it as something they've always done or they've seen other people do. But I want to tell you that God gave you an imagination for a very good reason. Because he wanted you to see what you could believe for. He wanted you to see things. He wanted you to imagine. And I, I think within the church context, we've we've not been good at explaining what hope is and releasing people in that imagination. It's part of creativity that God has made us to be. And so, therefore, a lot of solutions to, to issues are coming from people outside of the kingdom. But I want to tell you today that some of the most complex problems, some of the most complex difficulties can be solved with very simple solutions. Profound, but simple. One of the things that the enemy is very good at doing is confusion. And what happens is that often when people try to solve some problem, when they do it without the help of heaven, when they do it without the help of the Holy Spirit, they come up with all sorts of complex solutions that really people have no idea how to do, and they often uh, become even more confused. Holy Spirit wants to take us in a place of full of hope. Romans 15 verse 13 is a, is a favorite scripture of mine. Now may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace so that you can believe that you can abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't you love that? It's an amazing verse. If you begin to unpack it. Now may the God of hope. God is incredibly hopeful. Hope has its very existence in him, just as love does. But he's saying is that he wants to fill you today with joy and peace for a reason. And that reason is so that you can believe that you can have too much hope. Because that's what it means. It's bound in, in hope. It means to have too much hope. It means to have enough hope for your family, all of your friends. You'd be walking around wherever you are in the world today looking for people to give hope to. That means you have too much hope. you just got to get rid of it. You've got to give out. Your house is full of hope every day storage place is full of hope you everything is so full of hope that you just want to you just want to f give it away because you've got too much hope so you may believe that you can abound in hope see see what's where faith comes in there see where it's important to believe that you could abound in hope you could have too much hope now may the god of hope fill you with all joy and peace so that you can believe that you could abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants you to have too much hope. The Holy Spirit wants you to experience 
your imagination. I think what tends to happen for us is that we get told as we grow up that that's childish. You don't need that anymore. We're told that it's fantasy, unrealistic, get into reality. And so people, whether they've realized it or not, have quite often shut their imagination down. They've closed it down in a positive way. It's, too, it's very live for many people in the negative. They just know how to worry. I don't even have to learn to do it. I have a vegetable garden that I've been growing since I haven't been traveling anywhere. And, um, you know, it takes quite a bit of work um, to sow um, the seeds and the plants and have a very good garden going at the moment. But what it doesn't take any effort to do is to grow weeds. It doesn't take any effort to worry. Jesus talked about it. So why are you doing it? You know, it doesn't, it doesn't add anything to your life. But we are well-versed in, in worry. What I'm saying is we need to be well-versed in hope. We need to be well-versed when we are seeing what could be different. I've heard it said by people, and I believe it to be very, very much that the best days, the best, most fruitful days of the advancement of the kingdom are still in front of us. The best days greatest days, the most exciting days, the days of adventure in the kingdom, the best days are still ahead of us. That's hope. That's a place of hope. So today, I want to say to you that the God of hope is waiting to fill you with joy and peace so that you can believe. And if you can believe something, then, then you can receive something. And if you can receive something, then you're going to see something. So God today wants to fill you with joy and peace so that you can believe that you can have too much hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is always wanting to partner with us. The Holy Spirit is always wanting to bring to us things, new things, different dimensions. He wants to help us to discover the kingdom because the kingdom is not built. The kingdom is only ever discovered. That's why we've been given keys to the kingdom. So the kingdom, which is multidimensional. So no matter how much you've heard about hope, there's always more. No matter how, how many times you've heard me or other people talk about hope, there's always more. There's more revelation, more understanding, more things that the Father wants to take in. How many times you've prayed a certain prayer or a certain thing, there's more. There's always more. There's always more dimensions. There's always more places of experience and understanding that God wants to take you into. My prayer today, my absolute conviction 
is that there's more for you to experience in hope. So just remember this. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Let me tell you today that one of the number one thing the enemy does not want any of us to do is to be pleasing to God, to be blessing to him. Now, I, I know that as a child of God, he cannot not love me. Can't love me any more or any less than he does. That's exactly right. It's not about taking away that or we trying to earn earn that in any way, shape, or form. But when you exercise faith, you, you bless him. When you exercise faith, he's excited about what he sees. When you when you operate in hope, when you release love, when you bring the kingdom, it becomes such a blessing to him. Not about your identity, but becomes something that you that you bring you know, almost the icing on top of the cake. So today, rediscover your imagination. And it's it's something um, what we would call meditation. And, and often within the people of God, when you start talking about meditation, it's, it's as if you, you use a curse word for some people. And that's because it's been hijacked. Meditation was originally designed by God. It's something that he developed. Meditation is really about imagining, therefore hope-filling, And filling your mind, whereas other types of manifest, um, meditation, and particularly in Eastern um, religions, Eastern practices, um, is about emptying your mind. But Christian meditation is about filling your mind on what God has said, what God is saying, uh, experiencing Him, coming into a place of filling up on Him and His Word. So I want to say to you today that it's time to activate your imagination. This year, 2021, it's still going to be a year with challenges. We still have pandemic things around about us. We have countries in lockdown. Still, we have things that are happening. And I would love it to be are free of that so that we could do a lot of things that we've in the past wanting to do. But the Father in this time is strengthening his people. He's positioning his people. He's bringing people into new experiences of him. He's teaching us how to thrive in circumstances that are very difficult. He's helping us to rediscover new dimensions of hope faith. He's helping us to discover the kingdom in new ways. He's helping us to let go of our old thinking and take hold of new thinking. Another favorite saying of mine is, if you always do what you've always done, 
then you will get what you've always got. And so there are people still doing the same thing, expecting a different result, expecting it to be different. And Einstein said that that was insanity. If you want a different result, you have to change what you do. It's, it's a little bit like, you know, here's a, you know, if, if you are, um, if you're wanting to eat at McDonald's, but you kept going to Burger King or for those in the Philippines, Jollibee, but you're wanting a Big Mac, but you kept going to another place, to another store, another fast food, and you could always not understand why you couldn't get the Big Mac. It's because you're doing the same thing. You're doing the same thing to be able to achieve what you're hoping or wishing to get here. You have to change what you do. You've got to go to McDonald's to get it. There's a lot of people in life that are doing the same thing. They want a different result. They complain about hopelessness, but they won't activate their imagination. Paul said, think on these things. Things that are, are building. That's why prophecy is so important in the world that we live in, because it's meant to build up. It's meant to edify. It's meant to comfort. So today, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace so that you can believe, so that you can believe, so that you can believe that you can abound in hope, that you can have too much hope. It's a way of the kingdom in every area of, whether you are in, uh, involved in, leadership within a church, whether you're in a marketplace, whether you're building a business, whether you're an employee or an employer, whether you're working government or wherever you are, you can be the most hopeful person, the most hope-filled person on the planet because the desire of heaven is to fill you with joy and peace so that you can have too much hope. Great spending some time with you today. Just a quick thought, just a thought on hope. I know that I've spoken about it many times before. I know that I'm writing my next book on it. Um, but I anticipate that today something fresh, something new will, will speak to you out of the unseen nature of hope by causing you to be filled with joy and peace so that you can believe afresh, believe in you, believe today that you can have too much hope. Hope is not dependent upon the circumstances. Hope takes you through the circumstances that you find yourself in. Thanks for the people that have, uh, have a message commented today. Uh, just some friends from the Philippines, my friend, Pastor Rodan. Uh, good to see Taylor. I hope you're looking after Daniel. Um, and uh, thank you, 
karma really appreciate um, you, you what you're saying. So, guys, uh, the enemy is trying to take you out in hope. It's trying to take hope out of the world, trying to take hope out of it. It's never going to be successful, but we uh, can participate. Activate your imagination today. Best way to do that, go to a scripture. Take Psalm 23, just off the top of my head, and just start to imagine what that looks like as you read it. Just stop and imagine it. Meditate on it. Feel up. Take any of your favorite scriptures and start to pull it to pieces and to imagine what it looks like. Start to see what you can't see. Invite the Holy Spirit to bring to you ideas and thoughts. New innovative ways for doing different things. That's what hope is. That's what hope wants to attack you. So have a good rest of the day, wherever you are in the world, whatever you're doing. Just remember that God wants to fill you today with joy and peace so that you can abound in hope or you can believe that you can abound in hope. That's the important thing, that you can believe that you can abound in hope. That means have too much hope. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us today for this conversation. You can follow us, like, subscribe, and share out any of these episodes on Facebook, YouTube, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can go to insightnow.co. Have a great day.